What is going on? Welcome to episode 113 of Pub Sports Talk. And it's only fitting with episode 113 to have Agent 13 back in the pub, baby. Kato knows. Kaden Smith. Welcome back, brother. Hey, it was a great time at the pub. Happy to be here. Hell yeah. And you're repping the shirt. Love to see it. Got the stash growing out. We were talking before air, man. You just look at that, baby. Nice. Amazing. It's a good day. Yeah, man. Uh, Happy to be here. Hey, anytime we want you here. Uh, We got Tim and Fitz with us. Devin's at football practice. They're doing night practices. Matt was pissed right up from the office, I guess. And uh, (laughs) hey, we're doing it, man. Uh, Kato, man, last time we talked to you, it was entering, you know, it's right after bowl season, I believe, or right before. I can't remember which one. Uh, How's life been since the season wrapped up and and your collegiate career wrapped up? How's, How's everything been? It's been good, man. Uh, it's definitely been a journey. It's been a wild year. Uh, I've been playing football since I was nine, so yeah. not playing ball. It's definitely, you, you tell yourself, I've been priding myself always about being more than an athlete, and that's why I've been trying to pursue sports journalism as much as I, as I can throughout your career. But once it's actually taken from you, then it's like, oh, okay, I actually, I actually have to do it now. I actually have to live by being more than an athlete. So it's been great. There's definitely its pros and cons, and have some guys in the league right now who are in training camp talking to them. has been super sweet, but life's been good. I'm working for On3 college sports website talking about college ball all day and, and what, what's better than writing and talking about ball I mean it's a dream job of mine it's been something I've been gunning for for a while and I work with a, a super great team that's definitely rising when it comes to talking about college ball so I can't complain dude absolutely and I think that's a perfect fit for you because even when you were playing you were producing some amazing articles for the Appalachian and, and just your really great pieces you're putting together and now you're going to do something that you live play college ball and play it to one of the highest levels that people have could ever dream of and uh so for you to get that job with on three we're pumped for you and we can't wait to read your articles and stuff because yo we're we're kato's number one fan here so that's dope appreciate it guys hey uh you know we talked about it got some boys from this year's team in training camp you talk to them how they feeling we we feeling good we're gonna put their jersey and helmets behind us here yeah man there's been some good stuff for sure i think um the hard thing you know obviously you know how it goes a lot of a lot of guys of course from apple not drafted and yeah. There's some people who are put in that situation where you, you ball out as best as you can. You might get a limited amount of reps, but you do your best and you can. It doesn't work out. But then other times you're in an ideal situation and it works out great for you. And I think a lot of our guys really landed in an ideal situation. You think about guys like Meech, seeing videos of him on Twitter, just wrecking stuff for the Lions. If you just a tough guy, like a tough, gritty guy in Detroit, yeah. perfect fit. Same with Jalen Virgil. He's my boy Verge, he's in Denver right now. New quarterback Russell Wilson loves to throw that deep ball. And you know Jalen can go out and get it and also contributes on special teams too. That's just a fun team and a speedy roster that I think he's a good fit on too. And then you just have a load of guys. You have Thomas, you have DeMarco. I'm not going to get into everybody, but we have a great group and I feel like everybody got a great fit. So I think that's the biggest and most important thing. And once it once they get in between those white lines, I know how those guys are going to act. So it's definitely, definitely super excited to see them in the preseason, especially this year too. Dude, hell yeah. And I can't wait. I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, Meech is that that he'll bite a kneecap to get a sack if he needs to. And it fits right in with the Lions and Dan Campbell's mentality. And, uh, you know, I call T. Henny the white Randy Moss of Boone. It's just so fitting. He's up in, in Viking country there. So, uh, I, it's pretty dope. But yeah, dude, this is awesome. I'm glad those guys are doing well. We see highlights on Instagram and stuff. And we're like, oh, shit. All right. Verge going to go grab a ball from Russell Wilson. Like, let's go, dude. That's what we're doing. Th- Bronco Nation, let's ride. Let's go do this. <laughs> yeah, they, they have loads. Of, they have loads of stories, man. If they, you know, might want to have some of them on here because them just being in those locker rooms and talking to those guys. You have 
Jalen telling me stories about how Russell Wilson just like he's the man. Like he like he leads meetings. Like he'll have the meet like he'll have a meeting with the offensive guys and like he'll quiz guys like on what they know. Like they're really running his system over there. And same with Thomas just out there with a guy like Adam Thielen, who a lot of people don't know, was on the practice squad at one point. Yeah. And then eventually made it to a point where he was one of the top five receivers in the league. And then of course he had to take a bat seat to Justin Jefferson because he's playing so well. But he's literally been in every aspect of an NFL receiver journey. So having a guy like that is obviously great for him as well. So they all have a ton of stories. They they say the the parking lots look like a like a car show all the time. It's it's just nuts being at that level, obviously. And they're definitely all super appreciative of it. And it's cool to hear about. Dude, absolutely, man. And I, I, yeah, we're gonna have to definitely for sure get them on probably after training camp, let them relax a little bit and breathe because training camp's grueling. Oh, yeah, um, they're going through it. They're going through it right now. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't <laughs> yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> hey, I don't blame you. Uh, well, Kato, last time, since you've been on last time, we kind of changed up. We like to do a little introduction sports random fact here. Uh, just kind of a little icebreaker. You know, that's a little teacher and coaching me, a little, little icebreaker here. Uh, this one, we're going to the, we're going to Octagon. We're going to the fighting world. Uh, anybody want to take a guess what the quickest fight for the UFC is? Ronda Rousey. Didn't she do it in like a few seconds? Like 10, 30 seconds? 30 seconds? Okay. Yeah. I think I'm a, isn't, wasn't there that, um, I don't know if it was Masvidal, but someone someone gave somebody a knee and it, it was like five seconds. Like he he literally just oh. ran up to him, kneed him in the head, and that was it. I'm pretty sure it was my fault. <laughs> Let's go. Kato. Let's Dang. go. Dude. All right. Wow. You hit the nail that five seconds. You're absolutely right. Tap gloves, Masvidal, by a knee, right when Askren, Ben Askren, huge Olympic wrestler, division champ, uh, division one champ, goes in for a takedown, catches the knee right in the chin, Jeez. knockout cold. Yeah. UFC. I, I, I dabble in the UFC a little bit. I um, I yeah. caught the Nunez. I caught the Nunez pay per view a week or two ago. She was, dude. She looked serious. She put she, on the clinic. She's on. She's on a hunt for blood. Like no, yeah. she she that was the most polished pay per view of the year. They, I'm I'm an Israel guy, but his fights are just like unwatchable now because he's just gonna pick people apart and it's boring. But the Nunez fight was a good watch. I agree with you. Well, one hundred percent. Nunez is is the real deal. Uh, but rewinding back, Askren Masvidal. This hype, this fight had so much hype. Ben Askren was trying to get in the UFC. He had he had gone over to other promotions, won their belt, um, and he was like, "Dana, put me in the UFC. Put me in. Put me in." And Dana was like, "Nah, like you're really not fitting our grid." Uh, Masvidal is like, "Yo, this kid's a punk." Ben Askren's like, I just started fighting a month ago and I whooped his ass. Like, this guy's not good. And so they're chirping at each other. They go to each other's events, other each other's press conferences. A lot of hype. This was a three-year fight in the making last five seconds. So a lot of hype for no payout here. Dang. Uh, so this leads to the question, what's a sporting event that had a lot of hype for you guys? Or maybe just a life event. It, it just didn't turn out the way you thought it would or should. Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl. Oh. That's my number one. <laughs> Yeah, that, that had so much hype. The best offense versus the best defense, and it was just over within like ten minutes. Dude, you were so ready for that. Like you, I was ready. I, I saw where you were going with it, and I was <laughs> okay. thinking, I was brewing. I was like, I got it. Yeah, yeah. you were ready for that. All right, I like it. I like it. Damn. I, I, can, I can think of one. I the one. I hate to say this, but as a Giants fan, we finally got a top four pick. And it's the best. People are calling this the, the best defensive draft class in the past, like, 10, 15 years. So excited. And then the Giants select Daniel Jones. 
that was a, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. I, I gave him a chance. Obviously, there's it's been a, a lot of ups and downs, a lot more downs than ups, but it didn't age well, and it didn't age well then. That was that was one of the bigger letdowns the last couple of years for me. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. You like you like my one, so you can hold on to it. I'll boost your spirits back up, Kato. I'm gonna go. This one totally personal. There's no one would even care about this. We're going to my childhood, right? Monster trucks. I was supposed to see Gravedigger. We were at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Oh my gosh, rest in peace. And the whole time, my dad's like, "Hey, Gravedigger's gonna come out. He's gonna be the last one. It's gonna be awesome." And he just wasn't there. Gravedigger just never came out. It was the I don't even remember. It was like the mutt one, the one that looks like a dog. And I oh, was yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah. I was like, no, where's Gravedigger? <laughs> That's like my all time like low sports moment. I was so disappointed. I could see. And I'm a Lions just... fan, so <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. I could see like just five year old Tim just throwing down his icy like this is bullshit, Dad. Let's get out of here. Where's Gravedigger? <laughs> uh for me it was the undefeated patriots like oh they, this is like they're gonna run i'm gonna see an undefeated season like i'm one of the like this generation is so special nope kato you're giants and not so fast let me <laughs> eli manning this thing and uh they they ended it for him so no, that's my super bowl season. watching super bowls has been fun in this life of mine i will say those have been the highs <laughs> <laughs> hey, absolutely. How many of those Super Bowls did you go into? Like, I don't know if we got a chance here. Like, I'm gonna root for him, but I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I didn't I didn't believe it the first round of the playoffs. And it's like, okay, <laughs> we did we just did we just beat Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau? And then it's like, oh, okay, did we just beat San Francisco like in Candlestick? And then it's like, okay, I think we actually might have a chance. And then it it always just works out. After the first time, it, it was what it was, but then when you run it back and you kind of just expected it at a certain point, it was it definitely spoiled as far as the peaks of being a Giants fan go, but the, the lows are very much low, but I, I wouldn't trade it. Hey, absolutely. Hey, at least you had the peaks. Like me and Tim are still trying to get to those peaks as Bengals and Lions fans. I always hey, got there, but not quite. You were close. You were close, man. This year, Joey Shiesty. We'll get it. Uh, other news that broke out yesterday. I don't know if you guys follow a lot of tennis, but – the GOAT of tennis, Serena Williams, who's won the most titles in men's or women's period for gold Olympic medals. Uh, she has plans to retire uh, after 27 professional years, which is pretty mm. awesome. It is special to see her and her sister play, um, but she's officially going to hang up the tennis racket here. Any, any thoughts about Serena finally retiring and, and kind of getting her sunset? Had she never retired before? I don't think so. I, I know she had so some either. injuries. Yeah. Yeah. She, I think she had an issue with pregnancy and coming back from pregnancy, I think, but then mm -hmm. she kind of bounced back and. But yeah, she never, I, I, yeah, she never retired. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cause you know, we think about like Tom Brady and Michael Jordan and like all these, like Joey Chestnut, all these goats yeah. for their sports. Right. I don't know. I just feel like her name doesn't get brought up enough. Mm -hmm. I feel like. I mean, I feel like now that she's retired, it might give her a little more, I don't know, might be some more headlines about her, but like, gosh, you said it, Parker, like men's, women's doesn't matter. She's, she's the most. It's crazy. Yeah. No, she's definitely in the conversation of most dominant athlete 
like in Ooh, their sport. I like that. Like where Serena is and the rest, it's it's not even close. And like you could compare that to like Michael Phelps is like, you know, mm-hmm. Michael Phelps. Mm-hmm. No one is ever going to touch that. Um, I guess you could, I mean, you can make the, the thing is with Jordan, you know, you know, LeBron's right there. I mean, there's people that are going to get close to that. Like six championships is awesome. Yeah. But I mean, Bill Russell had 11. I mean, I don't know. It's like, there's, it's, there's more, it's easier to like debate, but like Serena and the next person, it's just insane what she did in her career. No, Serena's definitely an icon, like on the court, off the court, like just every, all the little things, the the cat suit, just her speaking out on certain issues, the dominance and the winning, obviously King Richard was a dope movie. I had so good. I I think that was really important in telling her story and her come Mm -hmm. up because a lot of people didn't know that Venus was really the one put on early and then Serena came on late. She wasn't even a focal point of the movie because that's how it was growing up. And she eventually came into her own. So she had to play behind her sister almost a little bit and get up to that level. And I think that really pushed her for sure. And um, tennis is the sport I'm claiming right now, the individual sport. I'm trying to pick up some sports that I don't have to cover for a living so I can just watch them casually. I had Wimbledon fever. I was super invested in Wimbledon this year. And unfortunately, she got bounced. I caught a couple of the women's matches. I saw a Simona Halep match, but Kyrgios and Joker, and I'm a big Nadal guy. I think tennis, the tennis stock is slowly, I think, going to go up because Mm -hmm. I'm kind of seeing it the same with F1. F1 had the show on Netflix where they kind of peel back the curtain and let you see the personalities of some of these individual sport athletes because it's kind of harder to follow those individual sports unless you're really into it because you don't know about what's really happening outside of the sport. But I think they're trying to do that with tennis and golf and they're trying to peel back that curtain a little bit. So I think tennis will get a lot more wildly popular in the next couple of years along with golf. The more we're learning about the individual athlete side of it, it's unfortunate that we didn't get to fully see that with Serena, but I think her name's still just cemented as far as legacy goes as one of the best athletes of all time. Dude, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think she like we're gonna see more and more things about her come out, like documentaries and like King Richard was amazing. I just think we're gonna see more and more. And hopefully a Netflix series about tennis comes out or something, and you kind of get to see these personalities because it's not a sport that's shoved down our throat here in America, unlike baseball or football. You know, it soccer's not even shoved down our throat. So we don't know enough about these sports. And so I think she gets slept on a lot, but to me, it's amazing. She was in the spotlight since she was 14, I think until now. And like, how many young people do you see have just the successful career of a lifetime? Like it's Tiger Woods, but then he had controversy kind of later in the middle of the part of his career, like Serena, no controversy, kept her head down and just kept winning, kept dominating. Like it's pretty special to look back at her, just her run of dominance. Yeah, obviously her and Tiger doing doing what they're doing in that sport from their yeah. background and their race. It's definitely inspiring for the younger generations moving forward to just taking that spotlight and being an influence for young yeah. black girls and you know for Tiger, any young African Americans who are trying to golf. It's definitely inspiring to see them do that. So that 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 forever puts them in the in the Hall of Fame for me for sure. As far as them, them top 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 tier athletes, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Uh, any other thoughts about Serena calling it quits? Hey, well deserved for. Like, see, I want to see our kids out there next. The next generation of Williams, just domination. Uh, let's talk about a sport that we don't give a lot of love to, much like tennis here. Baseball. It's August, so we got two more months for the hunt. October, things are heating up. Playoffs are starting to shake out a little bit. Uh, Cato, you're a New York Giants fan. 
You follow Yankees or Mets or just some random team out there? Yeah, I'm a Yankees guy. I haven't been. I'm a I'm a casual Yankees fan. So I've I've been to a couple of games. I've I like them. I support them. I remember them in the heyday with with Jeter and my favorite teams were when they had Jeter, Rivera, A Rod, Nick Swisher, Granderson. Um, who else did we have? We had um, Cano. Like we were. That was just the prime for me. And then I feel like people, especially when they're watching the Jeter documentary, that was really like the heyday of where all eyes were on baseball. So I haven't really been tapped in as much. But I know the Yankees are doing well. I know we're on top of the division. But I know I know how it gets in the playoffs. I usually cover the – I start watching the Yankees when it comes to playoff time. And the past couple of years has been pretty disappointing. And I'm, I'm, I like that we're doing good in the regular season, obviously. But I just we – we need to get over those Astros in the postseason for me to respect. I love, what, I love what Judge is doing right now. Would like more out of Garrett Cole, especially when we get closer to the postseason because really, we really need him to shove in the postseason if we want to be good. But – yeah, I'm 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 up on the Yankees. Obviously, I, I like what I'm seeing out of them. But for them, they just got to show me. Like they haven't shown me in the playoffs in the last couple of years, and they're just gonna have to show me. I think you're preaching the choir of really anybody who even remotely follows baseball. Like we know that the Yankees' bankroll is just the fattest, and they have arguably the best talent going by roster here. And it just postseason, it just something doesn't click. I don't know if it's beating on the trash cans down in Houston or what it is. It's just <laughs> they can't get over that hump, but. Uh, let's talk about some standings, and we'll get to your Yankees here in a second. We're start with NL West, Dodgers, Padres leading that division. Padres just got Juan Soto, home run derby champ. Any surprise here? Do we think the Dodgers are just that damn good? I mean, there's 16 games up on the Padres, who that's a team we said they might win a World Series early on. They kind of fell off, they heated back up, and now they're coasting right here. Uh, any thoughts about the NL West? I know early on the Dodgers, they've just been dominant at home. And, and I'm curious what they're on the side there. It just blurs out. It says their home record. Uh, I see uh, 38 wins there. I think 38-16. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I just think at home, the Dodgers have been, at least they were at the beginning of the year, and I, I'd assume they still are. Um, so that's going to be the real question, like, in October, is if the if the Dodgers can lock um, – just more home, more home series. That's definitely going to be an advantage for them. Yeah. But again, I don't know that division's not, it's not a super strong uh, division there either. No, it's not. And minus the Padres, but. Kato, Tim, any thoughts here? It's okay. If you guys don't, we, we don't follow a lot of baseball. And so we understand if you guys, I really, September is when I start getting into it more. I will say, I love the Soto trade and I love that. Like, I love that the West Coast is becoming like the hub for baseball right now. Dude, it's yeah. Like a, a series between the Padres and the Dodgers, Dodgers right now, like that's that's going to sell out and that's going to have a lot of buzz around. And LA, I think LA is just back between them, the Rams, the Chargers. I just love that the West Coast is becoming a sports town. I definitely want to get out there whenever all the seasons overlap and, and watch every sporting event I can over there because definitely it's definitely going to come up. I think baseball is coming back and it's starting in the West Coast for sure. I, I think you're absolutely right. I haven't thought about that, but yeah, like it's wild to think West coast is where like where all the baseball is going and we're used to being in the Northeast and now it's like, Oh, hold the phone. It's going to the West coast. And to me, a place like LA to be able to win and each like the Rams winning, the Dodgers keep on winning. Um, you know, the Lakers being able to bring home the bubble championship and, and maybe not get successes past season, but it, things haven't clicked for them. For you to win in L.A. where there's so much things going on, 
to be able to be dominant there is really impressive and to be able to sell out crowds like they've been doing is super impressive, especially at baseball stadiums. So the Dodgers are doing it right. Yeah, I got no skin in the game, man. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> That's okay. I got nothing for you. Uh, NL Central, I just got to brag about my Reds. We're no longer in last place. We're a half game up on Pittsburgh, baby. Let's go. I'm pumped. That's a win for me. Cardinals and Brewers lead it. That's a close division. Two games back the Brewers are, but I'm not in last place, so I'll take it. That's a win for me. Any thoughts for you guys there? I mean, Cardinals and Brewers, the loser of those two could be a wild card. And and that's so, yeah, that'd be, that's big. You know, that one of you in a play-in game or, or play-in series, I can't remember how many teams they're up to now, but they've been back and forth. I mean, they, they've just been going back and forth. So that's been interesting. And I think they play each other in a series coming up. I think like a five game series between them. So I think that's going to be big. Yo, that that's going to be big. And it's going to have huge implications about playoffs coming up because you're only two games back. If you can get up three, two in that series, you've swung it your way or you've taken a commanding lead. So, all right, moving on to the last NL division, NL East, the Mets are leading it over the Braves who are up uh, down seven games followed by Phillies, Marlins, and Nationals. Nationals, that's a team I thought would do a lot better than what they've done. I don't know if injuries have gotten in the way or what it is, but any thoughts about the NL East? Well, Mets and Braves just played – they just played five games. The Mets won four of them. So, um, I know Braves fans were kind of disappointed. They thought – you know, they were, they were pretty close to the Mets coming into that game mm-hmm. or into that series, and the Mets, you know, now they're up. Now up seven games. They yeah, look they like they're in three. control. Yeah. Yeah. The Mets look like they're in control. Um, but you know, Braves again, they're 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 playing good ball. Maybe they can have a little revenge tour later on, but it's the Mets in control right now for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you guys saw this video, but I haven't seen a relief pitcher come out with so much hype and just energy into a baseball stadium since Antonio Chapman with the missile launch soundtrack going on because they call him the Cuban Missile Crisis. And then obviously enter the Sandman for the Yankees. I mean, like, amazing stuff. This might be the next best one. Edwin Diaz for the Mets. Gets the crowd into it. <laughs> oh, you got the mascots. That's good. <laughs> like you're getting everybody up and dancing. Yeah. The, the the whole crowd's going wild. It's amazing thing. The yeah. song's called Narcos, and I I had to go oh. and download that in my Spotify playlist right away because I was like, yo, I'm getting hyped for this. Like, let's go. Uh, That's pretty awesome. electric. Yeah, I can speak on this division. I um, I'm a I probably being in Atlanta. I've I've been to more Braves games than any games as far as baseball goes. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the new stadium at at Truist Park, if you haven't been and you're in the Southeast and you just like baseball, I would highly recommend it. It's just so new and everything's put together well. They'll put together a whole itinerary for you as far as what to do before, after. Get into that another time. But (laughs) I like watching the Braves. Braves are electric for sure. And I feel the same way about the Mets as I do with the Yankees. They're going to have to show me. Like, the Mets are killing it, obviously, in the regular season. But the Mets have to show me in the playoffs. Like, they haven't shown me in a very long time. So... 
I just, I, I'm, I'm, it could be the hater of me just hating on the Mets because I'm a Yankees fan, <laughs> but the Mets are also just going to have to show me. And if you're talking about um, pitching, pitcher intros, I remember when I was a kid, we go to the Braves game. Craig Kimbrell, that was his name. That was their, their closer a couple of years ago. It was the first time I went to a game when he was closing. And the way they did the stadium was like all the screens went black. Like it seemed like the power went out. It was like, and it was like, oh, like what's going on? And then I forgot what his walk-up was, but it was just some hard metal. And then the, they had like flames on all the monitors and he came out there. It was it was super tough. It was, it was an elite intro. I think if social media was taken off a little bit more then, it would have it would have had some traction. But shout out to the guy. And shout out to my guy, Brandon Marsh, just got traded to the Phillies from the Angels. Georgia. Oh, Florida. okay. Hey, I like it. Yo, going all black in the flames. Like, ooh, all right, I'm about to just look that on YouTube now. It was sick. It was sick. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, I think you're right. The Mets, I think even a Mets fan was like, let's let's hold the phone. Like, we're not ready to like, dive all in yet on the Mets. And me and Fitz are like, yo, if they win, we're all for it. I might buy a Mets jersey. Like the Reds ain't doing shit for me right now. So I might as well jump <laughs> bandwagons for a while. I don't know, but wild. Now, one of the few games I watched this year was a couple from the Subway series, and that was that was tough. So that's uh, probably that's probably where that hatred's coming from. Hey, absolutely. Fair enough. Uh, we'll definitely have to talk about Braves and what to do in Atlanta here because I, I think we need to take a road trip, boys, get out there, see some ballparks. And uh, I heard the Chop House is just electric down there. So. Oh, yeah, man. You go to the Chop House, you go to PBR. They got like a you know, mechanical bowl you can get off if you're feeling crazy. Like it's great <laughs> restaurants out there. It's, it's a good vibe. It's a good vibe. Hey, I'm here for it. Hell yeah. Uh, let's move on to the American League. American League West. The Strohs. Tim. Your Astros, man, uh, up 11 and a half games on Seattle. This division, to me, wild because Angels sitting second to last 23 games back. That's a team that had a lot of hype. I mean, you think about some of their, their players, their stars they have. Man, I feel like they should be doing better, but it's also kind of a one-man team in a way, too. So, I, you know, what's your all thoughts here? No, you, you nailed it. Um, I was at the beach with my little cousin, uh, he's probably nine years old. We're sitting watching the all-star game and he's like, you know, it's crazy. They got trout and Otani and, and they're terrible. And I was yeah. like, dude, speaking, speaking everyone's mind, dude, like that's literally, that's what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how, how much you can help with the angels there. Yeah. I mean, my Astros, they're, uh, they're always pushing the game, the boundaries of the game. They're finding new ways to, to win you know that's what you gotta have in an organization i love it they have my support i'm pushing for them i mean look at this yeah Verlander <laughs> just shutting people out like come on oh, astros are taking it actually what was interesting is the mariners they were on a win streak before the all-star game they won i think it was 14 games in a row and then the all-star break and then they kind of they kind of dropped some um they won a couple against the yanks here they're they're playing the yankees and I saw they won a couple against the Yankees. They're yeah, playing they again. That. Yeah, they'd be doing that. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the Mariners, I think they're fighting for a wild card. But if they can get a little, if they can get streaky again, they might be able to sneak in there. So don't sleep on the Mariners. And they've got, they got one of the best young players. Um, can't remember, center fielder. He made the all-star game. Um, can't remember his name. But he's he's one of the the young 
rising stars of the league. I think he's the youngest player to make an all-star. I could be wrong on that, but, but it's it's up there. Hey, you didn't give us a name, so Golly. you're right, man. I'm Eventually, so you'll be right. <laughs> Shout out him. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out him. Yeah. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, fastest okay. player to reach 15 home runs and 20 stolen bases in his career. He's not the youngest all-star. Yeah, he's the cat the that, uh, that the upset Pete Alonzo, right, in the home run derby? Was that him? Yeah, yeah, that's that guy. Okay, okay. Not yeah. on rod Yeah. No, the, yeah. the same way I was saying before how I didn't believe in the Yankees and the Mets in the postseason, I believe in the Astros. Like, I don't know if they're going to do it fairly or not, but, like, they're going to produce. And I think it's gotten to the point where, like, when they get to the postseason, it's almost more surprising when they lose when they win. So, like, obviously they're killing it. And obviously, like, we'll, we'll see how, how far they're going to make it this year. But, um, no, actually, the, one of the last Braves game I was trying to go to, me and my friends, casual Braves ticket. You can get, like, a, a $15 general admission one. Just walk in whenever, check a couple yeah. innings out. It's super, super casual. Forgot the Angels were in town. Go on Ticketmaster, sold out for Shohei. So I was oh, like, wow. for me, that was huge for, like, shout out baseball fans. People think there's not a lot of baseball fans, but they know that, like, this is a generational talent. And, like, when he's in your city, like, we have to go see him. Yeah. So I was not about to pay for however much they were charging for the standing room only seats. It was way too much. But I was still in the area. Still in the area. It was a good vibe. I caught some of the games on, on the TV screens out there. So I'm, I'm definitely team free Shohei. And it's funny because he's on the West Coast too, and we were talking about before, how all the baseball talents out West. So he's he's in the right place geographically as far as where it's popping right now. But his team is just so bad. So so free Shohei. Hey, free Shohei. Hey, let's get it started. Let's go. Oh, man. I think you hit the nail on the head. All right. Uh, AL Central, Minnesota Twins leading this division. Guardians, one game back, though. We changed the name. We're still here for the hunt, baby. And then the White Sox, two games back. Uh, they just shut down one of their aces, though, for the rest of the season. So we'll see how that goes. Um, any thoughts here? It's just classic Twins. And they, they're going to blow this. They, they've been leading the AL Central all year. And they're just going to get passed right at the end. And then they're not, they're not even going to make the wild card. It's just going to it's gonna be a hot mess. <laughs> you love Minnesota sports, don't you? Dude, I love the Twins. That's the one team I got into when I lived there. Yeah. And it, just because I went to a bar. It was a, there was a bar. They always had the Twins game on, and I'd just pop in. It was like the perfect pregame spot. You watch a little baseball. But all those Minnesotans, they'd be talking to me, talking <laughs> to me about the – Yeah, they got me into it. I was like, come on. Like, I had the, I had the Twin fever – yeah. I think they played the Yankees in the play-in game, and and Aaron Judge became the most intimidating player that I, that I've ever seen. I was just I was terrified of Aaron Judge. It's just like this guy, this guy's insane. Um, but yeah, the Twins. They that's also what I learned from these guys at the bar is you, you just don't get your hopes up with Minnesota sports. Um, I like it. Report. Tim, your Tigers are down there at the bottom. Uh, maybe your former Tigers. Your your full Astros yeah. now. You know, we had a, Detroit itself had a pretty bad stretch, and and you know between how the Pistons are looking, I like what we're doing with the Pistons. The Lions, I mean, I'm drinking all the Kool Aid I can get. Uh, Tigers, Tigers, not so much. Tigers, they're they're not doing too hot. I mean, I don't follow them very often, but they can stay on the bottom for all I can. <laughs> You, you got Houston now. That's all you need. 
Yeah, I'm a Houston boy. Let's go. <laughs> you and Paul Wall chopping it up. Let's go. That's right. I have no, I have no takes on this division other than I'm, I'm actually way more up on the Guardians name than a lot of people are. It gives me Guardians of the Galaxy vibes. It gives me like protective <laughs> vibes. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm, I, if I need a bandwagon team, I might just go with the Guardians. Just feel safe. Guarded. I, I like it. I feel uh, I got Batman feels from him. And the G with the wings, like I li- their logo slept on. I like their logo. I'm with it. Yeah, I just don't like Cleveland sports. So, but. yeah, but it is what it is. AL East here, your Yanks up ten and a half games on the Blue Jays. A lot of people said, "Hey, the Blue Jays might get a run for the money." Yankees doing what they're doing. We'll see what happens in October. But right now, they're handling their business. Shout out to Baltimore, the O's, baby. Devin Slate's team. They're creeped out the basement, and they keep chipping away at that lead. 13 and a half games down. Uh, any thoughts here? Man, obviously, f- I mentioned before, you got it. I was just going to say, all five of those teams are probably better than the last division you just showed. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the Red Sox might be better than the Twins and the Guardians. No, like I said before, obviously, happy to see the Yankees up there. They're going to have to show me, but if they don't show me, I'll feel very warm inside seeing the Boston Red Sox at the bottom. That's you can't win them all. You you just pray on the enemy's downfall. So we love to see that. That's right. So- socks on the bottom. Socks on the bottom of your feet. That's, that's where they go. That's where they belong. Love it. Here for it. I like that. Again, I got no skin in the game, so I'm sorry, guys. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. I love guys. The Yankees have. They've lost a couple here. They lost to the Mets. They lost a couple to the Mariners. I don't know. I just I, I think of the when you look at the the teams that are at the top: Astros, Dodgers, Mets, Yankees. The Yankees are showing. I, I think they're a little slow in the step. Like I think they're just a little bit. Maybe maybe there's a little bit. I don't know. They've also got a tough division. So I feel that, and I definitely hope. I think what's the, one of the most slept on things when you get into the playoffs in any sport is that hot team coming in. So you just got to, if you're a Yankees fan like me, you got to cross your fingers, hope we get some momentum right before the postseason, make a little push. Cause I think sometimes that's, that's way more important than all your, your, your regular season body of work. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. Like it, and I think it's cr- across any, any sport, the team that's coming to hot the playoffs is the most dangerous team. Like no matter shit, if you're undefeated, you go on a run, you can make you can make anything happen. So I'm with you, Kato. All right, we're going to flip gears. We're going to college football. Big news broke today. I don't know if you guys saw it, but there's some huge money to be made with TV deals. The Big Ten getting $350 million a year from CBS to televise their games. So we will see CBS uh, – broadcasting Big Ten games instead of the SEC games. Remember, ESPN bought for $30 million, uh, the SEC package. So wild, wild amount of money being thrown here. I think the Big Ten's got a package deal that's going to give them $1.5 billion by the end of the season with Fox Sports, CBS, and um, I can't remember the other one. But huge money for the Big Ten. Who'd the Big Ten just add? Which teams? USC, UCLA. I think that's it. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. 2024. Yeah. So they're trying, they're, they're trying to compete with the SEC. Yeah. 
It's just wild. further further proof they're they're trying to get in there. Yo, anytime someone brings up nil deals being crap for players, look at this. <laughs> just look at it. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like that's how I was gonna start my take on this. Because like people who aren't trying to pay the athletes, bro, like this is all I gotta see. This is all the, the yeah. only info I need. Like three hundred fifty million a year, and we like. We got people walking onto the team. Like, let's let's just let's just let's be a little bit reasonable. Right. But I will say with the I will say I I obviously as a as a former athlete I, I support NIL for sure. Like I think a lot of the narrative about NIL talks way more about the top one percent of these athletes that are having these huge deals, and they're not talking about the dudes who go to App State or Southern Miss or Old Dominion, like who are just normal people who can make a couple bucks in their college community and using their social me- media platform, whatever they yeah. do. That's not being talked about enough, but I will say this is like my old man, like college football rant. The money, the money is getting big and the media rights. It is what it is, but I definitely don't love how it's starting to control the conference realignment. Cause I'm not, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to feel bad about wanting my college sports regional. Like I like USC and UCLA on the West coast. Like I like the rivalry games. Like I, I like that aspect of it, but the money is definitely talking a lot. And I think the money combined with the NIL, NIL combined with the conference realignment kind of heading in that direction to where if the SEC and the big 10 are the leagues that are really properly the only ones that you're gunning for. And that becomes the new power five. It turns into the power two. And you start blocking these other teams out. I think it doesn't leave a lot of room for those upsets you like to watch. And it obviously changes things in the playoff. And I know they're trying to expand that too, but I think, there's a lot of moving and shaking right now as far as college football goes between the transfer portal and the realignment and the media deals and the NIL. I think depending on how these next couple of years go and depending on how they move it, I think the landscape could change a ton or kind of stay the same. So we'll see. Hopefully there's a couple more purists of the game when it comes to college sports at the top of it, making these decisions that want to keep the integrity of the conferences and stuff. But we'll see at the end of the day, week one, I'm going to be tuned in regardless. So can only can only complain so much dude absolutely you hit the nail on the head like for me like man i just can't imagine being from california in the winter time november december it's 70 degrees you're chilling on the beach now you gotta go to indiana in november when it's 10 degrees and it's just that dry coldness and you your kickoff time's 8 30 your usual time of waking up there like that's not fair. That's not cool. You're not going to see the best talent out there for the West coast teams going East coast. And, and yeah, sure. The East coast teams, they have to go to the West coast, but it's kind of a vacation for them, right? Like, Hey <laughs> shit, we get out of the, the blizzard to go chill on the beach for a week. All right, cool. Let's go do it. Cause you know, they're going to take a whole week there because that travel plan and you have to get their schedule. You have to get their routine based in there. Like, yeah, this is going to be brutal. And I, Kato, I'm with you. Like I, I wish geographically they'd keep, conferences the way they are but i think corporate money is just too big for them and obviously a lot of this stuff is a double-edged sword i mean if you're a if you're a california product and you want to play the best ball and you don't want to leave home yeah the big tens like the state usc ucla playing the big 10 that's pretty cool but also we're not talking about the softball player at ucla or the or the, the basketball players who now have to travel in the middle of the week all the way across to a different time zone just to play some hoops or to play ball. So, and I think that, that goes back to it again. If you're going to put them through that, at least make, let them make some money on the side. You know what I mean? So obviously there's, there's, there's a double-edged sword, a lot of this stuff, and we can talk about it all day, but 
the money yeah. the money's there in college sports it's it's picking up dude absolutely it is it's crazy it's a wild world what i don't understand is okay so if you win the pac 12 now the watered down pac 12 you go undefeated let's say let's say you go unbeaten do you get an automatic bid in the playoff or is now is that not so much because because if the sec big 10 and all those schools produce a champ or let's say pac 12 team has one loss they have the same amount of losses as the champion from sec big 10 do they get are they the first one out if they're just they're just not the power conference yeah i i think they are like if you got a one loss usc team that only lost to to ohio state in the in the horseshoe like how do you not put them in when they had to travel to ohio state and said put oregon who or oregon state who wins the pac-12 like yeah Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's a good thought process. Like, I just think a lot of this is just still with the playoff system that they haven't figured out the playoff system. And it's like, if you, if they can make some rule, like your record has to be above um, a point nine nine one two or whatever, whatever, whatever qualifies as like one loss or two or whatever they decide on. Um, and you win your conference. Like if you win your conference and you have above a nine point, whatever, you know, you get it. And, and then just kind of working around like, and then, and then have at large bids with it and just yeah. figure out from there. I don't know. They, they've messed up the conferences so much. Yeah. That that's, that's it. They could get creative. The, well, that's why they can't fix the playoff system because of this. Like, <laughs> so if you, so going back to your point, Evan, let's say, let's say you win the conference. Yeah. It's a watered down pack 12, but you get entry that would put more uh, stockpiling power into the divisions itself versus you have these teams cutting bait and going to these larger divisions. I think it would be a, a, a benefit to say, yeah, if you win the pac 12, you're in. And I think that's incentive for those teams to even stay there. They're like, shoot, we we're we're the top dog here. We can stay here and get in the, get a shot in the dance. I think that makes more sense to me versus like you said, there there's nothing definitive. It's subjectively objective. I like to say with freaking get a spot at the playoffs for college football. So yeah. put more power what in sucks, the division itself. Yeah, no. The other thing that sucks is so far there's been no there really have not been any surprises in the playoff. Like I feel like like this year it would have been Cincinnati. If Cincinnati would have beat who they play, Bama. Like I played Georgia. if they would or if they would beat Georgia, then we'd be talking about, okay, we need to expand it. But it always works out. They have four, and there's always argument, oh, this team should get in. But then it always works out. It's like, all right, these four deserve to be here. And I don't know. So that's where this this is where it's like, okay, we need to jump shit because the Pac 12 is just dog shit. <laughs> like, we, like we have to move. And and it's just so frustrating. Cause I think we're all thinking the same thing of like, just make, make each conference have more weight, just make them better that way. But it, I don't know. It, it is mind boggling. Don't understand. It was, it was, it was Alabama. Cincinnati, it was. Yeah. Thank you. Kato. It was yeah. Alabama. But no, I, four was always a dumb number. Like there's no, like what, why is four for college football? Like when is it, like final four is cool because it's so many teams and you, you break it down. 
And I'm not a huge advocate for expanding the playoff because some people are like, do a 16 team playoff. It's like, yo, that's Too much. eight more. That's eight yeah. more weeks of ball. Like, we'll yeah, be playing yeah. ball in, in yeah, March yeah, yeah. if we do that. Yeah. So obviously, like, 16 is too much. I think six and eight is that sweet spot because you have to give every, like, like Tim was saying, you have to give every team that's a power five team that shot to get that bid to get in there. And then it also leaves room for, you know, maybe a two SEC teams like you had last year, we had a UGA and an Alabama who made it, a Cincinnati team who's like a, a, a non-power, a group of five team who might have a shot. I think eight and six is that sweet spot. I think it definitely does, it would help with the conference realignment stuff that's happening too. And on top of that, are we going to act like the Rose Bowl wasn't good this year? Like Utah and Ohio State got after it. That was a great game. Any yeah. of those, I would have rather seen either of those teams play Alabama. Like the, the, the four, the four, the number with four just made it to where you're throwing some Cotton Bowl team in there. I think it should be six to eight. And if you're going to make it eight, give the first two seeds a bye or something, maybe give it like mm-hmm. the NFL playoff mm-hmm. field to where you're not playing super amount of games after the season. Cause yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie, when we were at App State and we're waiting to see our bowl game, we definitely want that bowl game before Christmas. Best believe it. Like, we're not like, – I'm not trying to sit around and practice for weeks and weeks and weeks and stretch the season out too much. Football is a very violent game. So people are saying expand the playoffs, but then it's like, okay, well, do these kids want to keep playing football into spring ball the next year? Like, then we're just playing football year-round. So I think there has to be balance with it. They definitely have to expand it, but not too much. I think there's a sweet spot for it that would be good for – and it would solve for a lot of the problems that are starting to arise when it comes to college ball. Dude, I, I think you're absolutely right. You can't call it a power five and not put all five in there, right? It, it, yeah. And then have three at large bids. You have eight total. You get your two best records to buy. Kato, I think you solved college football yeah. playoffs. Tato, right you there. need to work. Tato works your way up and you need to you need to get inside the NCAA and, and be you need to be the brains behind this. <laughs> I, have a, I, have, I have a fully I have a take I haven't fully fleshed it out yet but there's definitely also a way and, and also the the more games you add you're eating away at a, a schedule that already has 12 games on it but I think if yeah. you you can really make it interesting and if you have a bid for every power five team then the next year you build the conference the non-conference schedule based off of that so it's like okay you think you're the biggest baddest in the SEC we think we're the biggest baddest in the Pac-12 let's run it back next year every, like who wouldn't watch that I think there's definitely more room for if we're going to start changing all the things about college football, let's at least change it and make it, mm-hmm. make it fun and get some of those matchups that we like to see. And then if you do have one loss and it's to a team that did get that bid last year, that's going to hold more weight than if you got your loss to just some, some bum in your conference. So exactly. That's, that's me getting off my soapbox. I could, def- I could definitely fix all this, but <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. Hey, yeah. And hey, we're going to clip this, send it to him. Kato Smith for uh NCAA president. Sure. Uh, we're going to stick with college sports here real quickly. ESPN came out with this list of position you of each university producing a certain amount of talent at a certain position. Uh, some positions I think they get right. A lot of them, it's kind of head scratching for me. I, I, I see where they're going with it, but anybody with logic, I, I don't know. We'll see what you guys think. We're going to start with quarterback you. Uh, Man, this is the toughest one. This is this is tough. Yeah, so we're we're just gonna break it on off. Uh, they give the nod to Oklahoma, uh, obviously mm. with with talent like Kyler Baker um, and Jalen Hurts being recent memory here. Okay, I get it, uh, but for me, 
what USC has been able to produce at quarterback, I think it tops Oklahoma. And yeah, you got Sam Darnold who's still trying to prove himself, but we look at Carson Palmer, what he did. You look at Mark Sanchez and what he did. Even Matt Leiter in Arizona, what he was able to accomplish. I think the USC resume is a little bit stronger than Oklahoma. What do you guys say, though? Give me Oklahoma. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Three Heisman's, which is automatically going to give you that bid to like getting drafted. It's but there's even- there's three Heisman's right there for you for USC. Sam Darnold really brings it down for me. I think- <laughs> <laughs> you gotta- All right, fair yeah. enough. And I also think I think a, a huge slept on aspect of this is that Jalen Hurts would not have gotten he would not be in the position he's in if he wasn't an Oklahoma like Lincoln Riley single handedly. It's really his system because I think this QBU thing is about to be dead and he's about to take it with him. I think Lincoln might take this back and we might see more products out of USC through his offense. And I think that's what I can give you the nod. But I think in recent memory, just I'm obviously liner was good. I think all of the USC quarterbacks you have on this list were all better in college. And I think there's a lot more room for these NFL quarterbacks. So I think the narrative has to still be set on a lot of them, but I, Kyler Murray's made more money than all these guys. Jalen hurts. If he proves it this year, Baker, I think all of these guys will be in the league combined longer than those guys. And that's why I'm taking Oklahoma. Yeah. I like it. I like the argument. The Mark San- the Marks the Mark Sanchez take you try to sneak in there like <laughs> whoa, whoa hold on let's, let's not let's not act like we, let's not before act like the butt don't. fumble I was about to say let's he not was act rolling like his most fond memory of NFL lore will be that butt fumble <laughs> you know, people forget the Jets were damn good for a while though <laughs> yeah Darrell Rebus was carrying them to the playoffs every year and their defense and Rex Ryan the defense that was not had nothing to do with Mark Sanchez I'm I'm definitely taking Oklahoma give the man a break come on. <laughs> Man, QBU is the toughest one because, like the like the schools we named, is like college success at quarterback is not always it doesn't always translate to the NFL. Like another team I thought of was Florida State. When you talk about like Heisman's, like Chris Wanky, did Jameis did he win the Heisman or was he? I know he was in the running for it. I mean, it's like I just don't know though. It's like it doesn't always like I was trying to think of like okay, I thought of like Purdue. It's like Drew Brees. Now, college, you know, he came in the league and backed up for a while. But, uh, you know, Purdue had Bob Greasy. Um, I just I'm just like reaching for names. I'm like, I'm trying to think, like, who would actually be the best school? And I, I think there's – if you're talking about straight college success, it probably is Oklahoma at the moment. But if you're talking about, like, longevity-wise, I think there could be a long – there could be a long list of possibilities. NC State could be in there for longevity. You got Philip Rivers and Russell Wilson who carry the torch. Yeah. And then Jacoby Brissett, depending on what he does. Yeah. That's when you get into quality over quantity. I'm just yeah. betting yeah. I'm betting on these three and their trajectory a lot for this. So that's why I'm giving the nod to Oklahoma. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Tim, thoughts on it? Uh I'm with Cato on this one. Um I love the point that Kato made. I think in even two years, I think this the two top ones are going to flip. Mm-hmm. I think Lincoln's going to take it with him. So that was a good point, Kato. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Lincoln, he's just the quarterback whisperer. Whatever he's doing, I need it. Just give me some of that Lincoln secret sauce that he's got going on right now because I, I need it. Guys are with it, dude. Pause. All right. Purdue also produced Lynn Dawson. 
All right, oh, come on. Yeah, I may yeah, actually, I, I may actually say, <laughs> no, get out of here. Lynn Dawson was, uh, he was seen with a, a big old fat cigarette in his mouth <laughs> during Super Bowl four. Oh, for Kansas City? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, I might hop on that train. Hold on. I think Purdue I think- might be my pick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think the cutoff on this article was like 98. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about wide receiver U here. Uh, LSU Ooh. gets, or sorry, yeah, LSU gets the nod here. Obviously, two top wide receivers in the league today: Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Getting things started. Uh, making an argument. I'm not arguing against LSU here, but another kind of point: Georgia. AJ Green, Heinz Ward, some top wideouts for them too, uh, and it spanned over decades instead of recent memory. What's your all thoughts here? No, I was not thinking those two. I was thinking Clemson, Bama. Ooh, but yeah. I could see yeah. LSU. I, I can see LSU right now. Yo, Clemson wasn't even in the top five, which is kind of wild to think about. Sammy Watkins, D Hop, D Hop, Renfro, yeah. I think Bama is probably mine. You got Julio, yeah. um, Calvin Ridley, Amari recent, Cooper. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it means the right now. Judy, um, Waddle, just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, that's I think Bama. I think that's, that's a big trajectory pick too, honestly. But mm-hmm. I think I do think the the duo of Jefferson Jamar Chase, their trajectory is going to definitely help them out a lot. I think one of those two guys might be a Hall of Famer, but. I'm taking Alabama's trajectory more. I think they have more talent in the league right now at receiver with those names you just mentioned. And I think they already have a Hall of Famer in Julio. And I think Devontae Smith's going to be great. I think Waddle's yeah. going to be great. And I think they're also going to just keep continuing to do it. Because if I'm a high school recruit and I play receiver, I'm, I'm going to Bama. Like every, it's worked out for just about everybody. So why, why wouldn't I? They, they at the worst, you'll get a ring. Yeah, like. worst case scenario. So I think Mechie this year as well. Um, I think Jamison Williams might be... The, the best he's my top guy from the past like five years as far as that product i don't think i think if he wouldn't have got hurt i'm banking on that one i think he could be better than jefferson and chase because jameson williams is just a dog he was he was running down on punt return as a gunner knocking heads off like that dude is a dog by all accounts of him we we're talking earlier that dog fit with the lions i think let's go trajectory <laughs> as far as the, the the path we're going down and what they have in the league already with the route running of cooper and judy and them i think it's a no-brainer with alabama yeah i agree with you and guys i apologize i totally goofed up here on the article uh usc actually at the number one spot here guys like Keyshawn what? johnson drake yeah. london i'm on ross st brown my boy let's yeah, go st. Brown. oh my gosh Hitman, yeah, Hitman, Steve Smith. I apologize. Yeah, USC. Um, that's trash. <laughs> Robert Woods, right? Yeah, Woods. Yeah, Robert Woods. I think I honestly think I like I like USC and Alabama both, both better than both of these teams. I hear USC. I, you have I think to you're juju. right. You have to you have to do depth at a certain point. Obviously, it's quality over quantity, but USC has a like a, a it seems like a, a receiver on every roster. They might not be the best receiver on the roster, but they're, they're out here. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I can't believe I totally goofed up on my end there. But uh, sorry. we, we righted the wrong. I'll let all this out. I'll make myself sound good. Life's good. All right. Uh, tight end you. This one is just a hot topic because tight ends are getting so much love in today's games. There's even the tight end university that George Kettle puts on. Uh, ESPN gives the nod to – the U Miami, you got guys like Greg Olson, 
Jeremy Shockey, Bubba Franks. I know Fitz likes Bubba, Bubba Franks. Bubba Franks, baby. Uh, number <laughs> okay. two. Tim, did you read the article? I'm reading it right now. God damn it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> At least Kato does his homework. All right. Uh, number two, now. Iowa, the Hawkeyes. You got guys like Dallas Clark, George Kittle, TJ. who we talked about, and your boy, Tim TJ. Big Hawk. Cock Hawk. Let's go. Yeah. I didn't uh, realize uh, Dallas Clark was a Hawkeye. Kind of the founding father of tight ends there. Yeah. You also got Pat Firemuth and uh, Noah Fant. Noah Fant, yeah. Nice. yeah. Um, it, to me, I think this is neck and neck. This is close. Flip a coin, and it depends on my mood because I look at all these guys' resumes in college and in the NFL. All six of these cats on the screen, you can make an argument, could be one of the best tight ends ever to play. TJ's still a little young and unproved. He's he's proven himself year by year, but give him a couple of years, I think he's in the elite category. Was Jimmy Graham the U? Jimmy Graham was the U. Yep, and he played basketball yeah. for him too. Two so sports. you throw him in there. See, you know I think I, the U. I think that's I, the difference. Yeah. yeah. I think the U was the team of the two thousands, mm-hmm. and I think the Hawkeyes are like this next generation. That'd be my take. I like it. I I a hundred percent agree with that take. Thomas Hennigan would kill me if I didn't have <laughs> Iowa's tight end U. But I think that's a that's I think that's a great way to give it to both of them. I think you definitely got to give their respect to Miami for a little bit. But that Jimmy Graham take might have that Jimmy Graham take might have put him over the edge for me. And they also have David and Joku, who's in the league right now as well, who's a super athlete. I think a lot of yeah. a lot of good tight ending. Unfortunately, I don't know if it was a word, but I just made it up. Tight ending. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that a lot of that legacy is going to be based on what you do in the playoffs. And I think the Miami tight ends have like that historic. They have some playoff moments. Jeremy Shockey yeah. with the ring, Jimmy Graham and Drew Brees back in the day. Even with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, they have some yeah. some playoff wins right there. But I think. I think Iowa's on its way. I think Iowa needs a couple more people to catch them, and they're surely on their way right now. But I think right now I could give the nod to the U. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all great points. Um, If we think about what Miami was able to do in the 90s and 2000s, I mean, the record of having an NFL starting player was absurd. It went on for years and years in the NFL. So the quality that they produced, it's hard to match. But if Iowa keeps producing like you guys are saying, we're off to the moon, and I think Iowa overtakes them. Man, Shockey was one of those first guys that I remember being hype in college. Like, because the tight end position, like, I feel like we started to see, like, Tony Gonzalez, and mm-hmm. I think Antonio Gates was kind of sprinkled in there. But Shockey was, like, he was the first, like, college tight end that everyone was like, this guy's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then went to the Giants and, and had some success there. Um I think he had like a career ending injury or something. He he had something because he was on his way. Um, but yeah, Shockey. Shout out to Shockey. He was he was definitely like one of the the key faces for tight end U. Yeah. Yeah. As a Giants fan, he was my first tight end. My my first love. Yeah. He did get banged up a lot. He get hurt. I think he like broke his arm one year. Like he would just have the most like gruesome <laughs> injuries. But when he was out there, especially in Madden, whew, yeah. a problem. A problem. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, Kenny, you might be able to correct me here. I'm pretty sure when he broke his arm, they just taped that sucker up. And, like, <laughs> he's still trying to out there catch with a club. Like, still Bro, impressive. He, I wouldn't be surprised, can't confirm that one, but he's yeah. definitely a certified dog. 
Yeah, 100%. He, he's also the only one without gloves in those pictures. <laughs> yeah, him and D- Dallas Clark never wore gloves. He'd tape up the fingers. Oh, uh, the tape yeah. fingers. Yeah. Uh, and we can't talk about position you. We're talking about DBU, position that you know all too well, Cato. Uh, so DBU here, they're giving the nod to Ohio State with recent guys like Von Bell, Eli Apple. Yes, they're two Bengals. Yes, I did that on purpose. Um to me, I think the nod has to go to LSU, though. You got guys like the Honey Badger, Patrick Peterson, Eric Reed. LSU's productivity at DB, it just outweighs the Ohio State for me. What do you guys say? 100% LSU is DBU. Like, it's not even close. Like, you can they've, – they've just got the longevity. Like, I get Ohio State's kind of popping right now, but, like, you can go back to Pat Pete, Jamal Adams. Like, it's not even – I don't even have to talk about it. Like, that's not – that one's a joke. Like, it's <laughs> – it's that's not even it's not even a question for me. It's definitely LSU by a mile. And I forgot Tatum, old school Raiders kind of put Ohio State on the map in the NFL sense of like, oh shit, they can play some defensive back there. But um I, I still think, yeah. Don't forget Akuda, even though he got hurt last year. Who? All right. Jeff Akuda. Never heard of her. I don't know. Wow. We still got the. I think the 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 a lot more to be told on that career. We'll see. Definitely, yeah. definitely like that at Ohio State, though. Definitely yeah. a problem. Yeah. All right, that's all the defensive positions I had, or all the positions I had. Unless you guys want to talk about a specific one, I just figured for time's sakes, we hit the big ones. That I was going to say uh, Georgia for running back. You. Georgia for With RBU. Gurley. Gurley. Chaos face. You're joking, right? <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought that was a good take. Maybe it's not. Al- it's Alabama. And it's not yeah, even close. It's got to be, man. Really? Fitz. I'm putting one is man that, on the screen. That That's enough. Take, man. Man. Derek Henry. Get out of here. I mean, give me give me Mark Ingram. Give me Mark Eddie Lacy. Ingram. Give me Kenyon Drake. Eddie. And we're, and we're Josh, ja- Eddie. Josh Jacobs? What are we doing? Yeah. Sean Alexander was on the cover of Madden. We're not going to talk about that. He had like a thousand yards this season. It's definitely Alabama. That's not even close. He was Bama too. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. Yep. Bro got like nine thousand in all purpose. Like, no, that's not even close. It's Alabama. Man, I'm I'm a dumbass. I'm good with that. Georgia Dude. second. Georgia second. Hey, Georgia also had Herschel Walker. I'm just yeah. saying, it, like if <laughs> if you're if you're only allowed three running backs, Georgia might have a have a chance. Especially if you're the Cowboys and you're Herschel Walker. Like, I think that's that's his biggest yeah. contribution to the league is that trade. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, Georgia's not even in the ESPN's top five. Number two is Wisconsin. Man. Number three I will is say in, in college, in college, I'll give it to them. But I think not all of their products panned out. I think Gurley was Gurley did his thing for a little bit. Like he had that mm-hmm. one season with the Rams. I think they have a lot more one hit wonders. No, Sean Marino's rookie year was kind of crazy. He was still hurdling yeah. dudes, but. In the Georgia guys, I think Chubb's definitely holding it down for them. But even Sony, like Sony wasn't what he what he panned out to be as much as we thought. I think he's a first round pick, I'm pretty sure. So I'm I'm giving the nod to Alabama. They live up to the hype and they do it more often than not. Yeah. I think you're right, Kato. Absolutely. Well, let's move to the NFL here real quick. Training camp updates. Uh and really I just got two teams to talk about. Steelers, Carolina, and you guys can chip in with anything else you got here. Pittsburgh. It's quarterback battle. They're giving it to Mitch right now. He's listed as QB1. But 
maybe Mason Rudolph can take the job or rookie Kenny Pickett can come in there. He had a rough week one. Apparently reports are week two. He's heating up. Things are going. Carolina, Sam Bradford, it's supposed to be his team. Not oh, Sorry, Sam Donald, not Bradford. Sam Donald's <laughs> supposed to be his team. I know. A Baker coming in there. We talked about that trade. And uh, it seems like the fans, media, everybody's behind Baker, and he's making a run for that QB1. Plus, the rookie, Matt Carroll, coming in there, dicing things up, and people really like the rookie out there from Ole Miss. Um, projections for week one starters. How you guys want to spend this thing? Who would you trust? For Pittsburgh, doesn't matter, let's be honest. Thank I you. I think who, whoever's getting thrown out there is getting, like, thrown to the slaughter. All three of these guys are around the same level of talent, if we're being honest. Yeah. And they have to play the Bengals twice a year. They're going to have to play Lamar twice a year. Like, this is going to be brutal, and people forget that, like, Big Ben led the league in fourth quarter, fourth quarter comebacks last year, I'm pretty sure. I think and so. he had them hanging by a thread. And, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a shell of himself, obviously, in his prime, but, like, he definitely knew the offense like the back of his hand and was definitely making some stuff shake in the fourth quarter. So I literally don't think it even matters for the Steelers. I mean, you might just be better off putting Kenny Pickett out there just to get him those reps and get him going if you think he's the quarterback of the future. But if you're trying to win games, I would definitely go with someone who's been in your system like Mason Rudolph or Mr. Missy. But to me, it like I couldn't care less about this quarterback battle because I my I don't know if this is a hot take. I think the Steelers are about to have a top five draft pick next year. Yo, you know, that's not crazy until you look at Coach Tomlin's record of like never finishing below 500. Yeah, he had Big Ben for all of that. Hey, I, I, I get it. Oh. Trust me. Because Bill Belichick's record is about to get real nasty too in the next couple of years without Tom. Y'all are about to see. <laughs> change of guard now. Change of guard. Oh. It's, about to, it's about to get nasty. And we're getting old, guys. All our quarterbacks yeah. from our childhood are retiring. And, Kato, you don't have to hit us like that, man. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it a buck. I, <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll see. If, if Mike Tomlin makes it happen, if Mike Tomlin makes it happen this year, that defense is strong, but the offense—it's just too much about the offense right now. And I think that their quarterback play is gonna—the the quarterback play—they have the worst quarterback in the division. I mean, the, the Brown situation is what it is. We don't have to get into that, but yeah. that's just not a good sign. How, how often is the worst quarterback in the division making the playoffs? Yeah. I'm a Giants fan. I can tell you it doesn't happen that often. <laughs> hey, I'm here for the Pittsburgh Slater. Don't get me wrong. I just had to I had to speak up for for them for a second. But I've heard Mason Rudolph is actually not I mean, you always hear training camp buzz, but I've heard like he's actually turning heads. Like he might he might actually get the job, which I don't know. I don't know what that means. I agree with Cato. I think he's on similar playing field with who he's competing with, but it's like who knows the offense best? Probably is Rudolph. So, so that would make sense. As far as Carolina, I, I'm I'm hearing a lot about the rookie. Like I I think that they should not botch the Carroll situation. Like if they if they end up like releasing him and he goes to somebody else, that that boy could be a star. Like that guy could be like he could arrive. Um, so yeah, it's just for Carolina. It's just making sure they. Just making sure they they utilize these experienced guys in Baker and Darnold, but that that know they've got they got a cash in on their guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the Baker move. I thought he was a much. Um, I think he's a more talented quarterback than Sam Darnold. I think every couple of years, though, you just need to like 
give Baker that chip because, you know, he really thrives with that chip on his shoulder. So, like, I don't know, training camp, you say, like, it's a quarterback battle or or whatever you do. But I think I think right now we're going to see, like, the best of Baker. I mean, obviously last year he was playing well, but then he got injured and he was trying to play through the injury. It got kind of ugly. But, I, I mean, I like Baker here. Um, I think I think he's going to be a good fit. And I, I really, I mean, I like the Panthers, but I hope he gives them some sort of identity because right now they're this weird, like, amoeba of wanting to, they don't know what they want to do. They don't know if, like, Christian McCaffrey's the man. But, like, I don't know. I think Baker will plant his flag right in the center of the field and just start dry humping it. Where was that? Where did he do that? <laughs> he did Ohio State. Ah, that's where I was. I was, I was just about to say I agree with you and think that last part in. I'm really <laughs> glad I held my tongue. Oh, man. <laughs> but, but, but yes, the, the Panthers have to go with Baker. Obviously, there's going to be a learning curve because he's he got integrated into the team pretty late. So learning that playbook is going to be tough. But Baker's played a lot of ball, and I think he's shown that he can win in the playoffs at, at least a little bit. And I think if the Panthers don't want to squander the career that is Christian McCaffrey's away, they have to at least put Baker in the mix. And the division's really a toss-up outside of Tampa. I think the, the Falcons and the Saints in between the Panthers, like a, they're, it's going to whoever whoever out of those teams can keep it most interesting and, and get the most wins. And Baker's the best winner in the division. So I think you got to ride with Baker here. And it's the same, like, it's the same way with um, – we're talking about the Pittsburgh situation. If, if you want to wait, if you want to waste Najee's career, and it sounds like Pickens is going to be a beast too. Go, go right ahead and, and throw the worst quarterback out there who you think just needs to make it happen. But if you want these young, talented guys at these skill positions, and it's clear the running back position, you're going to get beat up in the league. Like those injuries are almost inevitable at this point. Like if you have a star running back, at least do him a favor and get them in the playoff conversation and put your best quarterback out there. So I think for the Panthers, they got to put Baker out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right, dude. Week one, Cleveland at Carolina, Baker QB one. Tim, he's gonna definitely grab the crotch a few times, <laughs> plant his flag in there. Like, yeah, for sure. I'm here for it. I'd pay for that if it was a pay-per-view. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make it like the old school, uh, I can't remember the claymation like death match. Do you guys remember that show? Celebrity <laughs> Deathmatch? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, the other news out of training camp justin tucker becomes the highest paid kicker he's getting six million a year for four years average up to 24 million oh. obviously we look at nfl contracts like mahomes and what those cats are making ridiculous amount of money but hey specialists we're here for it they're finally getting some recognition and finally getting paid and as much as i hate to admit it tucker is probably arguably one of the best kickers in the game right now Behind Shooter McPherson, but some say uh, best of all time. JT, man. <laughs> Can't stand this guy. This guy still <laughs> haunts my nightmares. He haunts me. How do you hit a 61 yard field goal? Was it 61 that he beat Detroit with? I can't. We remember. had him on the ropes, damn it. <laughs> and then he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to make a league record here in Ford Field and just kick a. 61 or 66 64 i think something stupid yeah he's really when i have nightmares i see him it's 66 it was it was the record when i see when i have nightmares i see this guy wake up in a cold sweat (laughs) oh my god yeah sorry tim 
Surprised me nuts, man. Thanks for that, Parker. Appreciate. I should have. I should have put a trigger warning for you. Trigger. Yeah. Thank you. Next time. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm sorry about your pain, Tim. But the Ravens definitely had to put that bag on him, though. Like they had to pay him. He's yeah. Undoubtedly the best his position. If you think about the Ravens' play style, like they're they're a ground and bound team. They're going to run the ball. Obviously, Lamar's evolving as far as the passer goes, but in the red zone it gets a little bit shy. So you get the third and long and. It's like, you know what? We can just run the ball and get three points right here. And I actually did some digging on this one. Obviously, the Ravens had a lot of injuries last year, but they had four overtime games last year. Overtime games last mm, year. Yeah. Your kicker's a big part of that. And then they had seven games where the score was three points or less. They played in a lot of close games last year. And, like, your kicker makes a difference in those games, whether you want to believe it or not. And pretty much every winning team has a kicker. And if they want to do it, they're, they're going to have to do it with his leg a little bit, too. So I'm definitely supportive of paying him. You hit the nail on the head. They will win and lose you a game in a heartbeat, and, and this man has won you more games than not. So, yeah. Also, like the first fantasy pick kicker taken like every year. It's always like you get in that like late round range. It's like, oh, like when do I start taking the kickers? And then someone always takes Tucker before, and you're like, dang, I could I could have used that one. Exactly. Then he, he has no. Sorry to bring it up to him. Then he has a week where he has a 66 yard kick, and it's probably like 66 points in some leagues. And, and then it then it swings everything. His, his fingerprints are all over regular football all over fantasy football even on my madden ultimate team i definitely had to grab him too like <laughs> it's, it's it's undoubtable like you, you got to give it to him he's it's vegetarian is that guy yeah yeah i yeah yeah that's a good argument for sure listeners watchers fantasy football is getting kicked off we're gonna start our league week four preseason so in two weeks we're gonna draft uh kato you're involved baby we're ready to go i'm excited to have you uh listeners watchers you can still join us hit us up on instagram Hit us up personally, whatever it takes, and uh, we'll get you in there. You can play against Cato and himself and us guys. And we're playing for a good old gold chain here. I don't know if you saw the trophy or not. It's pretty, it's pretty blinged out. It looks pretty fresh. Uh, Andrew Price, the winner from last year, he said it sits pretty heavy, but so does the throne, you know, the the crown of the king. So I did not know there was a chain, and like now I'm about to really do some research. Like now, I'm, now I'm locked in. Thomas Thomas Hennigan's been running our league for the past two years, so I'm I'm kind of fed up. So I'm I'm, I'm coming for y'all. Down for Kato. No, I'm just kidding. Will the chain look good? Do I put it in my trophy, or do I put oh, it? Jesus. Where do I put the? I'll figure it out later. We'll out. <laughs> I hate you and your <laughs> some hardware on the line. I love it. Yeah, you got to make it interesting. You got to make it worth it. All right. Uh, we've got our pub parlay and a random question. We're going to get out of here. Pub parlay. Let's make some bets here. Matt is going to start us off some footy action. And whatever you guys say, we hit last week. Made some money. Let's go high. Let's go two for two here. That's right. We made it. Uh, thankfully, I didn't put my bet in, so that's the only reason we made it. All right. Oh, okay. But hey, we still made money, though. All right. <laughs> Uh, Matt is going to take uh, uh, the Wolves, Wolverhampton, to get a win this weekend on Saturday. Uh, he thinks they'll beat Fulham pretty handily. So Wolverhampton mm-hmm. to beat Fulham. That's how we're starting things off. Okay. Now, it's up to us to keep it going. What day is that? I believe that's Saturday, but I'm double-checking right now. I'm trying to creep into Premier League. Thomas, Thomas has me as an Everton fan. That's, that's mm. my support, but he's definitely won me some money. That's for sure. <laughs> Everton's got a tough one. Chelsea coming up. Uh, it is Saturday with Wolverhampton playing Leeds United. Sorry, he guys, he guys, teams mixed up. I don't know. I'm a little worried. Dang it, Matt. He's so pissed up right now. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Uh, so so Saturday, huh? Saturday. I'm taking I'm taking the Astros over the A's. Um, enough said. Astros all the way. Hey, they're hot. Damn, Astros is so hot right now. <laughs> I'll take Brewers over the Cardinals. Oh, that's a spicy we, one. We talked about we talked about that that series. I think the Brewers they're two games back. I think they could be the underdog. Is that so in St. Louis or in Milwaukee? I believe it's in St. Louis. Okay. At St. Louis. Oh, you could take a preseason game if you wanted. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, was at, I wasn't prepped for this, but give me the Giants over New England. Oh! <laughs> oh, no. oh he Let's go! In, in Gillette, don't like what I'm hearing out of Patriots camp right now. Give All me right. that in a heartbeat. Hey. Oh, man. Yo, we Let's might make it. some big money here because I guarantee the books are definitely on New England. Uh, I'm going to wow. go Dortmund. I'm going to stick with some footy action. I'm going to go Dortmund to get the job done in uh, the Bundesliga over in Germany. Man, All right, hey. Also worth, worth noting, Tyrod Taylor is our backup. Don't know if he'll be playing in the preseason game, but like some Davis Webb action I'm here for as well. Give me, give me Yo, Tyrod Taylor? I'm hammering it, double down I don't on the know. Giants there. He's a he's a vet. He's a vet, so I don't know That's if they're true. give him that nod. But <laughs> still, Davis, why about a cow? Give me it. <sighs> All right. All right. You sold me. I'm I'm here for it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh that's it, Pope Parlay. Hopefully we go back to back weeks. That'd be big for us. Uh now it's our random question. We're gonna get out of here. Does anybody have a random question for us? Oh, Tim. I actually have one. I'm scared. <laughs> All right, it's nothing crazy. So um, for those of you who don't know, so none of you know this, uh, I just got a grill, and I'm trying to get some good recipes, right? Oh, I thought you so, meant like the teeth grill. <laughs> so yeah. my, my, my question would be, what is your favorite grilling recipe to either make or just to eat? Yo, that's, that's the oldest question we've ever had in here. I've I've picked up in the, in the last couple of years. I've been getting my my cooking game up, really coming to my own this year, cooking some stuff. Haven't graduated to the grill yet. At our house in college, Zach Thomas was our griller, so buy a steak, give it to Zach. He'll make it work. So just give me a, a steak on the grill, man. Right. Medium rare. I'll take that in a heartbeat. Okay. Perfection. Don't overcook it. I'm gonna say burgers, but I I like uh, I like. Two things on burgers. I either like grilled pineapples or grilled onions. <laughs> um, so the grilled pineapple, you just need like a brush. Brush works really well. You melt your butter, you brush the you brush the butter on both sides, you just lay them on there, get those grill marks. Uh the onions, it's pretty easy. You you can find you can find a bunch of different methods, but essentially, um, Shoot, I forgot how we do them. We look at it. Watch Gordon Ramsay and how he cooks burgers. He has the best best way how to cook onions. I don't like the way he grows his burgers, but I love the way he grows his onions. And I can't remember <laughs> exactly what it is, but it's pretty it's pretty spot on. All right, what do you do that? I, I do love Gordon Ramsay's recipe. That's how I get my chicken wings recipe from. Is is Gordon Ramsay been known that my wings have been have been busting quote unquote from my seniors I had over for the wrestling team I cooked out for them same with burgers but to me it's elotes loco it's crazy Mexican street corn you put a lot of butter on the corn you grill it up 
then uh, you put some mayo, Worcestershire sauce, mustard, Parmesan cheese. It sounds disgusting, but it's the best <laughs> thing you could have on court. And it's uh, it's the ticket. Claudia introduced oh. it to me, and it's been fun. That's like that oh. Nacho Libre, like – uh, right that's right yeah yeah <laughs> Always, i never had any it just looks so good i'm with it hey you come through man we'll, we'll grill it up for you we'll get you right sounds good tim what those are all you? great options I, I don't know i really don't i think i'm gonna start with like uh i don't know i think i guess you can't go wrong with burgers as like just to get get used to the feel of the grill mm-hmm. but i feel like if i start with a steak I'm going to muff it up. So like, I can't, I feel like I got to take a few steps before I get the steak going. I just get it, get a cheaper steak, throw it on there experiment, you know? Yeah. That's all it is. Check the temps, make sure that I have the dials right. And the flow of the propane's okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so if this wasn't a random question, this is just like, Hey, help me grill some shit. <laughs> yeah, <I didn't laughs> really, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a little I'll overwhelming. <laughs> Hey, we're a sports yeah. show, we're a betting show, and we're a cooking show. Let's go. We got oh, it all covered here. Uh, yeah. Canada, we can't thank you enough for joining us, dude. Feel free to, to plug whatever you do here or do whatever you can. Um, but, yeah, dude, thank you again for joining us. Thanks, no man. Problem. No problem, guys. I think I'm um, super thankful for y'all, obviously. Um, if, you're, if you're trying to get into some college sports content at all, I recommend going to on3.com. Even high school sports and recruiting, they definitely got it set up there nice and if you even with stuff like nil and the transfer quarter they're, they're covering all that stuff and they, they definitely have all their bases covered as far as that goes but appreciate y'all obviously it's the first time i've been on a podcast where i've been a, a sports journalist so really appreciate getting do a little research chopping it up with y'all as always and i have you back whenever i'll, I'll always say yes hey anytime dude and we're going up for app for a couple games hopefully we'll see you there and uh we'll have some fun man for sure for sure appreciate y'all yeah, dude. All right, listeners, watchers, we'll see you guys next week. And until then, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff, and uh, come join the Fantasy Football League. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Bye. Have a wonderful time. See you in a bit. Go well. <laughs> Get pissed right up. Wow, you you did the whole spiel there. Wow, I think dude, I have to. Reference to 2004 Pistons other than myself. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, hold on. Thank you, Evan. That Bro, I can't wait. Well, I don't tie it. I'm just going to go out. I'm a dumbass into here. Next Joey time. Chester oh, yeah. has to be on the pub. Has to oh, be. Right. Has I mean, to be. has to be. Is Devin oh, ever coming back? It's magic in September. It's like one of the hottest athletes in the world. <laughs> so you want to talk about putting a team Devin, on your back. Is Devin still alive? Does anybody Luka know? is Larry Bird oh, reincarnated. Every once in a while, we got a text This man from. might get so, it done. So there's, so there's a joke says. That, Tom, uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to get traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> and Tom Brady was like, nah, you're going to go with that motherfucker? Like, I'm, I'm coming back. Ten seconds. Dash or Roth video is still my favorite. I don't know why. He fucks with them spiders. I know why. Yeah. It's the craziest. <laughs>